Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ladies, We Need to Talk is a podcast from the ABC in Australia that tackles potentially delicate topics head on. It's funny with a sensitive side and includes some great personal stories. And although it's described as for women by women, that didn't stop me from enjoying it either. Recent episodes have covered mean girls, menopause, cosmetic surgery and anxiety. Here's one that confronts a very tricky question. We've probably all got ideas about what a great relationship should look like. But when the reality doesn't measure up to these expectations, when the passionate soulmate of your dreams doesn't quite materialise, host Yumi Steins asks, is it ever okay to settle for average in a relationship? Women always have a list of criteria that their partner must have, in my experience, whether they're conscious of it and can repeat it to you or not. Some people have on their list very superficial things that when you look at the list, you know that that's not what will make the relationship work long term. So things like has to be X amount tall, has to have hair, postgraduately educated. But those all seem reasonable, don't they? Some women like a tall man, some women don't like balding men, and then if they want them to be university educated, that's, I'm assuming, they're university educated themselves. Mm -hmm. Look, it does really seem reasonable, but what I will say to people is how do you choose your friends? You know, these long-term friendships that you have, do you ever choose a friend because they're tall? Do we interview friends and say, I'm sorry, do you have a PhD? Because otherwise I can't be friends with you. (laughs) If you're looking at education and you look at the values behind education, you know, someone who is motivated to get a PhD or a postgraduate degree, for example, might value open-mindedness, might value curiosity, might value the pursuit of knowledge or contributing to society in some way. So, Gemma, I was single, a uh, single mum for a while, two years actually, and my friend told me it was important to have a list of criteria and to write them down because that would help manifest this person that, I, that I was <laughs> looking for. So I wrote a list that it went for three pages and I can't remember it exactly, but I can remember a few of the things. So I wanted to tell you some of them. Uh, must earn more than 200000 a year, must be taller than me, must be funny, must be sexy, must have a job, I must have good taste in music. You know, there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff in there. But are, are they all stupid now? Is that what you're telling me? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of them? All of them? The one I was really adamant about was must have a job. So you think that doesn't count? Well, I guess if you met somebody in real life and you said, oh, what do you do for work? And he said, I'm currently unemployed. There's a story behind that. Now, if he is currently unemployed and living in his parents' basement and has never held down a job longer than three weeks and doesn't care because he's really into his video games, okay, totally fine. (laughs) Screen that one out. 
Whereas if he's currently unemployed because he's just finished up a stint overseas and is settling back into Australia, it means very different things in very different situations. So I would encourage everyone to take the time to listen to the story behind the label or the the criteria. Do you think women settle more than men settle? Yes, I think the answer to that is a definite yes. I think the biological clock still has a lot to answer for in women in particularly, of course, particularly for those women who want a family. Because there is a biological time limit on when you can have that and because we have this what's called a heteronormative script, it's this idea that, you know, couples have to be heterosexual, of course, (laughs) and then couples need to get married and have babies and, you know, do all that life course. There's this sense of if I don't start now, then I'll be behind and I might miss out. Our biological clock can be a powerful dictator. For me, having never wanted kids, I suddenly had an overwhelming desire for a baby when I was 25 years old. I met a guy and within two weeks I was pregnant. Now, look, of course, not everyone wants kids and not everyone can have kids, but in many cases, that clock can make you think less romantically and more pragmatically about relationships and family planning. And for some people, that means settling. My name is Felicity. I'm 39. I've been married for seven years um, and I've got three children with a partner who I settled for in 2011. Oh, my goodness. I think our path to marriage was, I would describe it as rapid-fire decision-making rather than love, lust. I really liked him. I enjoyed my time with him and I know my lifespan for a kind of relationship. I knew that this relationship with him was going to last a long time, that maybe it wasn't going to last forever. But at the point at which we realised it wasn't going to work, it would be too late to have kids and too late to be in this partnership. So for me, it was like, it sounds so unromantic, but... If it's going to be anyone that I have a family with, it's going to be this guy. And if it's going to be this guy, then it may as well be now. I've definitely settled in my relationship. I think on all objective measures, when you think about settling, it means choosing something that is less than what you thought your ideals were. But in all the traditional ways in which I think I've settled, there are heaps more ways in which this relationship's been more elevating than I thought it would be. So I feel like that's it was a good decision to settle um, and it doesn't for me have any negative connotations anymore. It feels like sensible decision making. Felicity's settled for average and clearly hasn't looked back. For her, there was no crushing, ridiculous romance and some people looking on judge her for it. So I guess it seems like settling mostly to my family and to my to my friends. Um, it's because he's just, he's not working He's walking to the beat of his own drum. He's constantly retraining and so I don't have the kind of financial support that we had all assumed that I would be able to get. His personality is very different than people would have thought um, successful or a successful relationship with me would look like. I think from an outsider's perspective, it looks like settling. He's very different from my ex. I guess, to be fair... It probably looks like settling from his perspective as well, like his family sees him living in a different country, one that he doesn't want to be in, and he's settled as well because he's chosen something that was not the ideal by most people's standards. 
Felicity is very practical about her marriage. Settling has worked for her, and I kind of love her for it. Not everyone sees love and relationships this way, but is she just telling it like it is? Are all relationships average and no one's willing to admit it? I think everyone in long-term relationships is having an average relationship, but we, have, we haven't given enough credit to average. It's just so good. Instead of The way to elevate your own relationship in that circumstances is, is to put more credence in the average and the settled and the, and the predictable. It's, oh gosh, it silly, seriously sounds so unrun. It's still a struggle even though I'm happy and I know this is a thing that works to describe it. The way that I feel good about my relationship and feel like it's above average is how much work we have done to accept one another and to accept each other's failings, but also to use that to acknowledge all the great stuff. Look, it's easy to think that you're the only one in an average relationship. I mean, have you looked at Instagram lately? Literally everyone I know on there is drinking wine with their lover in Santorini right now. My eyes are sore from all the hand-holding, tongue-kissing, date nights, romantic holidays and abdominal muscles. Makes me sick. I hate them. <laughs> Bastards. But Gemma, the clinical psychologist, says don't be fooled. Average is actually everywhere. Oh, I think definitely everyone's relationship is average most of the time. Right. <laughs> I think if you can get a special moment once a week with your partner, you're doing really, really well because we're designed almost to tune out of our partner. We're designed for novelty. We're, we're designed to look at what fire is burning the brightest. Mm. So if you have all your attention on your partner every day of every week, it's because there's something wrong in the relationship and that fire is stressing you out, that that relationship is stressing you out. So your nervous system is paying a lot of attention to it. We talk about happily ever after and in social media, films, music, books, everything tells us that our soulmate is out there mm -hmm. and that they're fabulous and they're going to make our, our hearts sing, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to erupt in gladness and joy, right? We are sort of taught that we're meant to seek this out for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. What do you think about soulmates? I don't think soulmates exist per se, but I do think watching out for that feeling of infatuation and that chemistry and that coming alive with your partner is an important part of choosing a partner. I don't think it's all that useful to stay and commit to a long-term relationship where you haven't had the dopamine spikes and the serotonin withdrawals and the charge of adrenaline uh, when you're falling in love with this person because it means you haven't had that falling in love experience. In my experience in couples therapy, when we haven't had that experience, you know, 10 or 20 years down the track when someone else comes along, we find it really hard to resist that experience with somebody else. So I do think that that experience is an important part of the attachment and bonding process. But I'm also saying that we don't have to have that on the outset. We can wait to get to know someone and see if that develops. Sure, yeah. It's not necessarily your eyes meet across a crowded room and the, the sparks fly. You bet. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it's sort of like tending a, a, a fire, a quiet little burn, and then it, it can 
and smolder and smoke and and then erupt into flames. You bet. Mm. Or or even the smolder and smoke would give you those feelings that we we're looking for. We feel better when we're around them. When that person you know, goes on a trip, we miss them. And different people experience emotions with different volumes, if you like. Some people are, you know, high as rockets and then totally sink down into the depths of despair and other people, you know, fairly cruisy around the middle section there, you know, not too high, not too low. And it's the same with falling in love. Some people experience the huge explosion and other people, as you have you said, have a slow burn and, and feel it, but feel it with a different magnitude. Some of Ladies We Need to Talk from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, an episode called Settling for Average, hosted by Yumi Steins and produced by Cassandra Steeth and Olivia Willis. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.